Amen. Truly, it is good to be here in the house of the Lord one more time. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be alive. I said, I'm glad to be alive. Because whether you know it or not, someone didn't wake up on this morning. Someone didn't wake up on this morning. Amen. And so for that, we should all be grateful just to be here. Amen. I'd just like to give honor uh, to God, to our pastor, Richard B. Haynes, in his absence, and our first lady, first lady, Beverly Haynes. I'm, I'm pointing over here. They're not here. Everybody looked over there. <laughs> but I'd like to give honor to, to the leadership, to our pastor, Jason Haynes, amen, and to all of the deacons and the elders, the mothers, the trustees, and all of God's people. Amen. It is good to be here. And also, I have to send a special shout out to my wife because I live with her. So, amen. So, I have to do that. Amen. Amen. It'd be a shame to preach the word and then wind up on the couch tonight. Amen. <laughs> amen. It's good to, to, to laugh. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not a sin to laugh. Amen. Don't, don't, it's not a sin. Amen. So, it's good to be here. And, um, as always, we're so grateful for everyone who's come, who comes out each and every Sunday and who watches and streams on. Um, we know that God is still able, even in the midst of everything going on in this climate, we still know that God is able and we still know that God loves us. And it's, and it's amazing that how everything is tying together. Um, once I get into the words, you will know. Uh, it's just amazing how God just ties everything together. But before I go into the word, I just want to uh, read this to you. Just something to think about. And, and it's simply called Repair the Boat. And it simply says, a man was asked to paint a boat. He brought paint and brushes and began to paint the boat a bright red as the owner had requested. While painting the boat, he noticed that there was a small hole in the hull of the boat. So he quietly repaired it. When he finished painting the boat, he received his money and left. The very next day, the owner of the boat came to the painter's house and presented him with a check much higher than the payment was for painting. The painter was surprised and he said, you've already paid me for painting the boat, sir. But this is not what the paint, this is not for painting the boat, the man said. This is for repairing the hole in the boat. Ah, oh, but that was such a small service, the painter said. Certainly not worth you paying me such a large amount for such an insignificant thing that I had done. My dear friend, you clearly don't understand. Let me tell you what happened. When I asked you to paint the boat, I forgot to mention the hole in the boat. And when the boat, the boat dried, my kids took the boat out and went on a fishing trip. They had no idea about the hole in the boat. Imagine the relief and the joy that I felt when they returned home from their fishing trip. Then I examined the boat and I found that you had repaired the hole in the boat. So you see what you did? You saved the lives of my children and I don't have enough money to pay you for such a small deed. Now, you may have repaired numerous boat holes along the way with people without even realizing what you have done to save their lives. Keep up the good work. No matter who, when, or how, just continue to help. Wipe tears, 
listen attentively and carefully. Repair every leak that you find because you never know when one is in need or if God is holding a pleasant surprise for you for helping someone. Also, let us remember to thank everyone who has repaired our boats in our life. That's just something to think about. Amen. And it, and I, was, I, I thought about this on, on Wednesday night when we was on our study and we got into our small group and Deacon Reed, you know, well, we only got to the first question. We didn't even get past the first question in our group, um, which simply said, whom do we seek out to evangelize? Or who are the folks we don't need to evangelize? And I think everyone pretty much agreed that every chance we get, we ought to evangelize to whoever it may be. Even if it's in the house of the Lord, don't, don't, because we can't just assume that everyone who even who comes to church is necessarily ready, amen, to meet the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So every chance that we get, it is our job to evangelize and to show forth the love that God has placed in our lives and in our hearts, amen? Which brings us to the word of God. There is a word from the Lord on this morning. Amen. And so if you don't mind, we're going to be looking at Romans 8. Romans chapter 8, we're very familiar, and we're going to be reading from verses 31 through 39. Romans 8, 31, and it simply says, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written for thy sake, we are killed all the day long and we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Father God, as we stand here on today, we're asking, oh God, that you come into you're already in this service, oh God, but Lord, I am asking that you get in me, oh God, and I'm asking that you speak through me, oh God, that your light may shine because it's not about me, but it's all about you, oh God. So Lord, I'm asking that you allow the word that you have given me to reach and to touch whoever it needs to reach and touch, starting with my own self. And Lord, as you do these things, I won't fail and we won't fail to give you the honor, the glory, and the praise because it belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
Now, if you would just pray with me and give me about 20 minutes of your time, I'm going to be out of your way. But I do want to share this simple thought with you. And I know that we're in, this, in the midst of a pandemic, but all you have your mask on. So I think you will be safe if you do this. Just look at the person next to you and simply say, neighbor, I'm not lucky. I'm loved. Now look at the person on the other side of you and simply say, neighbor, all neighbor, I'm not lucky. I'm loved. Now the word lucky comes from the root word luck. The Webster's Dictionary defines the word luck as the forces that seems to operate for good or ill in a person's life, as in shaping circumstances, events, or opportunities. The second definition is good fortune, advantage, or success considered as a result of a chance. Now, I'm pretty sure there's someone watching right now who are, who are familiar with playing uh, the lotto or, or trying to get that Powerball. I'm pretty sure there's someone in here right now. And, I, and I'm not here to talk about whether that, that's right or wrong. That's, that's, that's between you and God. Amen. I just want to bring out a point because I can remember when I was uh, back home in New York and on my job, we had some guys that I worked with that played the numbers every day. And when I say the numbers, I'm not talking about Lotto and Powerball. I'm not talking about those numbers, amen. <laughs> amen, and they played these numbers every single day. And I've seen these guys, they would win. I mean, they would go on, on, on winning streaks where they would win for six, eight, nine months at a time. And they'd be buying lunch for everybody because they're making so much money. But then all of a sudden, it seems like they couldn't get the, that number if their life depended on it. I guess you could say they went on a losing streak. And these same people who once had all this money were now in a hole trying to borrow 10 to $20 just to get back and forth to work. And when this would happen, they would simply just assume that or say that their luck has ran out. Now, the problem with going through life depending upon luck or, 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 or chance, or this is just my lucky day, is that sometime that luck probably will run out. Amen. And I know that there are some people, I know some people that I have came up with that were uh, professional, I would call them professional thieves and robbers. And the reason why I say that is because they could be standing there talking to you and without you knowing, by the time you get home, your wallet is gone and you didn't even realize how quick they had done that. I've, I've seen guys that were able to go into stores. In fact, I had an uncle who was able to go into the store and when he come out the store, he would have pork chops and chicken and deodorant and all this stuff wrapped up in his clothes and never got caught. But all, I also saw that it was a time that after doing this for a certain, certain amount of time that eventually you'll get that knock on your door and it's the police or someone saying that they done caught you on camera and now you done got arrested and now you got to go to jail for committing a crime simply because your life or your luck has ran out. So what, I'm, what, so what am I trying to say? We don't want to go through life depending upon luck. I think our Pastor Haynes mentioned uh, about superstitions and pe people who, uh, who had rabbit's foots and all these different types of things. Listen, let me tell you one thing. Don't think that uh, you, you can't pass that test in, 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 uh, in school, young people. You couldn't pass that test if you don't have that rabbit's foot in your pocket. 
don't, don't think that you can't get that promotion on your job if you don't have that four-leaf clover in your pocket. Don't think that the only way you can come out of debt and pay your bills is if you hit that Powerball. The devil is a liar. Because I assure you, if you only rely on that, eventually your luck is going to run out and you're going to be right back where you started. So with all that being said, and with the help of the Apostle Paul, I want to encourage everyone who can hear my voice right now that no matter what you're going through in your life right now, it may be trouble in your marriage. It may be your children acting up. It may be trouble on your job. You, that, that supervisor who just keeps getting on your nerves and won't stay off your back. It may be sickness in your body and the devil is saying or the doctors are saying that there is nothing that they can do. Just know that if you only depend on luck, I guess maybe your luck is gone. But if you trust in God and, and believe and trust in his redeeming love, you will know and you can declare to yourself that I am going to make it. We are overcomers. Romans 8 and 28 reminds us that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. So if you don't mind, just say to yourself, I'm not lucky, I'm loved. Now, I'm reminded a few years ago, there was a, girl, a, a young lady by the name of Erica Campbell who had a song that simply said, I know some of you know that song. Keep going. I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? Now, I can only imagine that a lot of you, once you heard the beat, you were turned off. <laughs> and then once she started rapping, you were definitely turned off by that time. But I just want us to think outside the box. In, in, in 2022, we have to understand that God's word still has to go forth. And he has different ways of getting his message across. So now if you can just wipe out the beat and wipe out, and wipe out the rhymes that she was saying. At the end of the day, the only thing Erica, Erica Campbell was trying to say was, how can you not love a God who keeps making a way out of nowhere in your life? How can you not love a God who keeps opening doors in your life that no man can close? Once again, I, I hope that you don't think for one minute that you got that promotion on your job because it was your lucky day. I hope that you don't think that your wife stayed with you to keep your family together every time you messed up just because it was your lucky day. Not so, but it was because of God's love. So how can you not love a God like that? 
Now, I, I got sense enough to know maybe some of you could not relate to Erica Campbell in that song, but I know that some of you can relate to the hymn writer when he wrote, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me, and now safe, am I. It was love that lifted me. It was God's love that lifted me. And when nothing else could help, how many of you know that it was God's love that lifted you? And so with that being said, I am reminded of Romans 8 and 31, where it says, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Now, you don't want to believe me? Well, maybe you will listen and believe David. We all know the story of David and how he went up to fight that giant Goliath. And if we will be honest with ourselves, in the natural sense on paper, this was not a fair fight. Why? Because Goliath was bigger, he was stronger, and I guess he felt that he was better than David. And if, and if you really want to be honest about it, if David had a win up against Goliath just relying on that rabbit's foot or relying on it being his lucky day, David would have been destroyed. But we know that David was not just relying on that. And I'm just using my imagination. And I can see David as he was preparing to fight Goliath. And I can see him as he's, he's, he's getting himself together. And he's telling himself, I got this. God's got this. I'm not lucky. But I'm loved. And I'm trusting in the God that has called me for such a time as this. And we all know that what happened at the end of it, you know, for those of you that watch boxing, you know, there's usually 10 rounds of boxing. Amen. But how many of you know that it didn't even take David 10 rounds of boxing to defeat Goliath? In fact, David had three stones and he didn't even need all three. He simply needed one stone and that slingshot to destroy Goliath. Why is that? Because God, because David was loved, he was anointed and called by God to do what he had done. The point that I am trying to make is that many of us right now may be facing Goliaths in our lives. Many of us right now may be standing looking at a mountain that seems too high for us to climb. Many of us right now may be going through storms in, in life and we, and we don't see no way out. But I want you to know that through God's love, you can make it. Through God's love, you will never be forsaken. Why? Because God will never leave, nor will he forsake us. So you have to stand and declare and know that you will never be defeated. And so you have to continue to tell yourself time and time again that I'm not lucky, I am loved. Now, maybe David wasn't enough for you. So I have, somebody, I have someone else who can help me out. And these guys were the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we see that in Daniel 3, uh, verses 1 and 2, it lets us know that Nebuchadnezzar the king had made an image of gold, whose height was three score cubits, and whose depth was there are six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dora, in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king had gathered together the princesses, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, and the sheriffs, and all of the rulers of the provinces to come to this dedication of this golden image, which he has set up. Now, if we fast forward a little bit, we know that King Nebuchadnezzar had, had made a declaration and he had let everyone know that once you hear the music playing, I don't care what you are doing, it doesn't matter if, you, if you're cooking dinner, or if you're washing clothes, whatever you're doing, you are supposed to stop right then and bow down and worship his golden image. 
Now, if for some strange reason you decided that you didn't want to bow down, you will be punished. You will be thrown into this fiery furnace. Well, we all know what happened. Daniel 3 and 12 lets us know that there were certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now, when King Nebuchadnezzar heard this, he was very upset and was very angry. And so he did like any other king would have done. He sent for these three, uh, three Hebrew boys to come. And so when they got there to him, I'm just using my imagination once again, and I'm just seeing this is how it happened. They arrived, and King Nebuchadnezzar said, um, excuse me, I'm just curious. Um, were you not aware of the golden image that I had set up? I'm just wondering, were you not aware that I had commanded the people that if once they hear the music playing that they are supposed to stop and bow down? Uh, were you not aware of, of that if you did not do this, that I would have you thrown into the, bar, the, the burning furnace? Um, do you, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? This is just my imagination. And these three Hebrew boys, once again, I'm using my imagination. I can imagine they sat, sat there and they, walked and they listened to the king and they said, oh, king, yeah, we heard you. We heard you loud and clear. But sorry, we're not going to be able to do it. And when I think about this, for those that don't know, I grew up listening to rap. I, was a, I thought I was going to be a rapper. I often say that. I thought I was going to be a rapper, but, you know, the Lord had other plans. But anyway, in, in the 90s, there was a group by the name of the Double X Posse, and they had a song, and it was really their only hit song. And the song simply said, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. So I'm just imagining these three Hebrew boys telling the king, sorry, king, we're not going to be able to do it. Sorry, king, we're not going to be able to do it. Sorry, king, we're not going to be able to worship that golden image. And if you choose to throw us into the fiery furnace, so be it. Because we're not lucky, but we are loved and we have no fear. Daniel 3.17 lets us know that our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. So to sum up the story, we all know what happened. They were thrown into the furnace. And after some time had passed, I don't know if it was an hour, two hours, three hours, I don't really know how long, but after a certain amount of time had passed, King Nebuchadnezzar was under the assumption that by now, these men should be dead. They should be burnt to a crisp. Amen. Extra crispy. <laughs> Amen. But after, you know, after that time had went and they went and they checked on these young men, I guess what he saw, he was, he was, he was astonished. He couldn't believe what he was seeing which once again kind of brings me back to my old hip-hop days. And there was a group by the name of the Ghetto Boys. And the Ghetto Boys had a song that simply said, my mind is playing tricks on me. And, and I guess King Nebuchadnezzar thought that his mind was playing tricks on him. I don't know if he had a couple of glasses of Ciroc. I don't know if he had some, I don't really know. But he, he, he thought his mind was playing tricks on him. And Daniel 3, 24, 25 says, the Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and he rose up in haste, and he spake, and he said to his counselors, did not we cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said, oh, yeah, we did, O king. Yes, we did. And he answered and said unto them, well, I see four men loosed 
walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt done to them. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Can somebody say they weren't lucky, but they were loved. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not relying on luck when they were thrown into this furnace because they knew that the God that they served was going to bring them out. And so what am I saying? Some of you may be dealing in, in the middle of a fire right now. Some of you may be feeling like you're trapped inside of a burning house and there is no way out. Some of you right now may be feeling like all hell is breaking loose in your life and that you're fighting a losing battle that you can't win. And you might want to throw in the towel. Well, I come here right now just to let you know with the power and authority of God that is over my life to tell you, don't give up. You got to keep holding on. You got to keep running this race. You got to keep fighting the power. And I can hear Chuck D from the group Public Enemy singing the song, Fight the Power. You see, you got to continue to fight the power. You got to fight the power of the enemy that is trying to get you to give up. You got to fight the power of the enemy that's trying to tell you that you can't win. You got to fight the power of the enemy that is trying to tell you that all hope is gone. You got to declare to yourself that the devil is a liar. And in these last days, you have to learn how to encourage yourself. Because sometimes even when you're going through these things, when you're facing these giants and when you're in the midst of these fires and everything that we're going through in our lives, a lot of times you will find yourself alone. So, so what am I saying? Sometimes my wife, Tori, may not be there. Or sometimes your husband may not be there. Or sometimes your mother or your father may not be there. Or your children may not be there. You are all alone. So when this happens, you have to be able to encourage yourself. And how do you do that? By Number one, by standing on God's word. Romans 8 and 37 says, They in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So you have to know that you are loved. And even when the enemy is coming your way and he's trying to attack you and, he, and he's trying to hit you with the bats and the chains and whatever they're bringing at you, you got to then stand on Isaiah 54, 17, which simply says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is in of me, saith the Lord. You got to tell yourself, I'm not lucky, but I'm loved. So as I get ready to take my seat, I just want to share with you Romans 8 and 39, where it says, Nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, my brothers and sisters, we have to know that it was Adam and Eve. They messed up years ago in, in, that, in the Garden of Eden. We all know what they did. And when they messed up, it seemed like all hope was gone. Because of their disobedience, it seemed like we didn't have a chance to win or to survive. But I'm so glad that our luck wasn't in that. I'm so glad that we serve and we serve a God who loved us so much that he already had a plan in place. And I'm so glad that his plan was to send down his son, Jesus Christ, which lets us know in, in, in John 3:16, a very familiar passage that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, it didn't say have lucky days here and there, but have everlasting life because of God's love. And I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that one day Jesus decided 
to pick up that old rugged cross. And I'm so glad that he decided to just carry that old rugged cross on his back while he was being beaten and while he was being spit on and while he was being called all types of names. And he could have easily dropped that cross and said, oh, the heck with them people. But Jesus kept that old cross on his back. Why? Because he loved us. Not because we were lucky, but because he loved us. And I'm so glad that Jesus then hung up on that old rugged cross while they put the nails in his hands and they put the nails in his feet. But he still hung on that old rugged cross just for you and you and you and me as well. And I'm so glad that at some point he decided to give up the ghost because don't think for one minute that they killed Jesus. No, not so. Saddam Hussein couldn't kill Jesus. Uh, uh, whatever that crazy guy over there in Russia couldn't kill Jesus. No one could kill Jesus, but he decided to give up his life for us. And I'm so glad that after he was he died on that cross that he was buried in a borrowed tomb and because he knew that he would not be there too long but how many of you know that when he was buried in that tomb it seemed like all hope was gone it would have seemed like all our luck had ran out but how many of you know that on that early Sunday morning Jesus Christ got up out that grave and when he got up out that grave he got out with all power he got up with all power giving us the right to the tree of life he got out with all power giving us the right to come out of this valley of sin that he has lived up to goodness in. Uh, Jackie Wilson had a song back in the day that simply said, your love lifted me higher and higher than I've ever been lifted before. So keep it up, quench my desire, and I will be at your side forevermore. Why? Because your love keeps lifting me. It keeps lifting me higher and higher. Now, I don't know who Jackie Wilson was talking about, but I am so glad that when I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, that it was God's love that lifted me higher and higher. I'm so glad to know that even when I messed up from time to time, that it was God's love that covered me and that lifted me high above everything that I was going through. So as I take my seat, I want to assure you that no matter what you have done, no matter how many times you have messed up, you got to remember that God's redeeming love covers us. And I'm reminded of the hymn writer when he wrote these words, through many dangers, tolls and sins, we have already come. It was grace that brought us this far and God's grace that'll bring us home. I didn't say that it was luck that'll bring you home. I didn't say that it was your lucky charms that'll bring you home. But it's through God's love that we will go home. And I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that one day I decided to make Jesus my choice. Yes, I was out there and I was messing up and doing things that I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing. I had turned my back on the things that my mama had tried to teach me and the things that I was hearing in the church because I thought that I knew a better way. But I'm so glad that I had enough sense to wake up and to look to the hill for what's coming my help, knowing that my help coming from the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that I decided to make Jesus my choice. And I'm reminded that I can hear my Nana singing this old song that simply said, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied with Jesus. Somebody said, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied with Jesus. Why? Because he said he would be my comfort. He said he would be my guide. I looked at my hands and my hands look new. I looked at my feet and they do too. And ever since that wonderful day, my soul, I said my soul has been satisfied. So as I get ready to take my seat, I just want you to declare to yourself that no matter what's going on in your life, I don't care how hot the fire may be. I don't care how deep and how bad the storms are rising. Just know that I'm not lucky. I'm loved.
Amen, amen. Amen, amen. We come now to give invitation. Amen. It's so good invitation today that you heard that the God we serve loves you. There's another text that says, in this is love. Not that we loved him, but that he loved us and gave his son as a propitiation of sin. That's a big old word. It just simply means that he sacrificed his life for your life. And that is the charge we want to give you on today. So uh, we ask everybody in the sanctuary to stand on your feet. This is your invitation to come. Yeah, if we will have our preachers come out, give your life to Jesus. Oh, what a wonderful invitation to understand that God loves you. And that because God loves you, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Come on, come on. Give your life to him. Jesus, give your life to Jesus. The Bible declares that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Wherever you are, even if you're with us virtually, give your life to Jesus today. Come on, come on, come on. This is a good day to give your life to him because he loves you. Free. Come on, somebody. Come on. Give your life to him. He's calling you right now. Out of the seat of his love. From Calvary. Just do this for me one time. invitation the cross oh, 
Somebody give God, give God a praise. Give God a praise because you know how much he loves you. And that nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. He did it all for you. And thank God for his love. I, I can look back over the last five minutes and I can thank God again for how much he loved me. I can look back over the last five hours and thank him again for how much he loved me. I, I, I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about the, the mess I am and how he loved me. I can look back over the last five days and thank God for how he loved me. Is there anybody here that can thank God how he loves you? Oh, how he loved you and me. Amen, amen. Thank God. Give God praise for Brother Bush. Amen. Give God praise. Amen, amen. Me and Brother Bush have kindred spirits, but I learned a little bit more about him today. Day by day, it's more impossible to cope. I feel like I'm the only one that's doing dope. I, I can't keep a steady hand because I'm nervous. Every Sunday morning, I'm in service, asking for forgiveness. Amen. 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 Y'all didn't think I knew that, did you? My mind is playing tricks on me. Amen. Amen. I appreciate you, man. That's all right. Maybe, maybe next time you're throwing some Kendrick Lamar so you get these young people, amen. Drake, amen, amen, that's all right. Amen, well, thank God again for worship. Thank God again. Tell you what, God uses everything. Don't, don't you play, God uses everything. And, and, and there's a way that we are to reach the masses. Men of every birth, right? For an answer, Jesus gave the key. He said, if he be lifted up, it's not the method by which he be lifted up. He said, but if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. Amen. Thank God for you, preacher. Amen. That's all right. Use what you got. Amen. That's good. That's good. Amen. Just a couple of notes uh, before we dismiss on this morning. Again, want to give God praise. And one thing I want to want to make very clear this morning uh, Minister Bush is our minister of music, and we thank God for him. But Pastor Haynes uh, has, much of his ministry has been to other ministers. Amen. Uh, We've had many, many associates here at the Salem Church. And he has dedicated most of his, even his ministerial life to build up preachers. And we want to thank God. Again, we talked about the call of our brother. We thank God for his gifts of music. But we know God has a calling in life. And we heard today how well God has that call on life. Amen. Thank you so much. 
Just a couple of notes on this morning. Uh, youth and children's parents, as we continue in our spirit of safety and security, please plan to pick up your students by driving to the upper level in the front door. I want to give, give a, 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 pray, a message to this. Uh, our children are in children's church today, y'all. Amen. Give God praise. Amen. Amen. I almost turned in and went in children's church myself this morning, y'all. They had bubbles flowing and all kinds of stuff on the walls. I was, man, I said, maybe I need to go in there. Amen. I want to thank God for Sister Melissa. Thank God for all those who work with our children. But just make sure you get your child, amen, in the upper level uh, um, on the front door. Uh, your students will be waiting outside. Don't have them waiting outside too long because it's very hot. Amen. Amen. I want to give God praise again for our pastor on this morning, for again, our first lady. Pastor Haynes is actually uh, uh, um, installing one of his other sons this morning. Amen. 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 Pastor Haynes spent more than 30 plus years traveling from this church to Dublin, Georgia, to do a revival at the Central Church. Uh, and for so long, uh, that was with Pastor Ellis Carswell. But today, Pastor is installing Eric Carswell, my brother, uh, down in church today. So he's come to pastor of a church down there in the McCray area. So give God praise for that. Amen. Amen. I want to thank God again, again for uh, Brother Bush. Thank God again for Sister Bush. Sister Pretoria, can you stand up? Amen. Sister Tori, can you stand up? Did y'all see her? Maybe she need to stand on the, uh, now nah, I'm messing with you. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Thank God for tourists. What a, these, these, these people are some of the most beautiful people in the world. I mean, I mean that. And thank God for Brother Bush. Thank God for Sister Bush. Thank God for Reverend Gail. Uh, Reverend Gail, I think, had to step out. But thank God for her. Thank God for the diligence of his parents to keep him uh, in the church. Amen. If you will, just rise on your feet. God be with us. Till we meet again. God, God be with you. God, may He be with you. unto him who is able to keep us from stumbling and able to present us blameless before his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God be glory be majesty be dominion and authority and may it be both now henceforth and forevermore and the people of God saying 
several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.